0: Oh, happy Halloween everybody. It's your host Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, sorry. This is Game Shows I Suppose. Hi everybody. It's an niche podcast about the one thing I know something about, game shows I suppose. I'm your host Jordan Haas. It's a very out there episode. I I know cuz we are doing a spooky show today. We're doing Release the Hounds with Shan Strucy. But uh, I just want to get started here with some good, good stuff to talk about. So first, did, did you guys know that Million Dollar Mile is on not on Saturday nights right now? Uh, I, I didn't have this really prepared. I just kind of took a note that says uh, Million Dollar Mile Saturday. Uh, yeah, so I was tuned, I was trying to flip through the channels, and Million Dollar Mile apparently it, it's it's creeping me out. It's haunting me. And by the way, this is July. This is like July tenth. So it's kind of fun to see like the, this show uh, with Tim Tebow uh, still still creep up on me and LeBron James. And it's like, oh, the show where everyone's fatigued and they leave after the second game. That's right. Um, it, it, it's still a, a weird show to still see. It seems like of all the game shows I have discussed so far on this show, this is the one that always seems to haunt me. <laughs> Because, like, it exists, and I reviewed it multiple times, and it's still uh, a challenging format, to say the least. But, hey, if it's there, it's there. Um, I am running on, like, two hours of sleep right now, but oh well. Uh, (laughs) uh, Second of all, I gotta get some breaking news here. Uh, The the Wall has, once again, uh, basically been a repeat show. So... When we checked the schedule, it was supposed to be out in June, June 20, I believe, when Spin the Wheel was deb- debuting, and that was a repeat episode. Then the week after was the DNC Debates, then the week after was their 4th of July special, It and then the 11th. It's supposed to be their new episode, and no, it's it's not uh, showing up. Uh, instead, Hollywood Game Night is the only show that's going to be premiering a new episode uh, on NBC. Uh, that, that Jane Lynn show, and they changed the set. It's no longer the, the 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 estate. It's no longer the Hollywood Hills estate. It's now kind of like a Malibu beach house, which, you know what, sure, I'm okay with, fine. Uh, and also, uh, yesterday, which is the 9th, I uh, saw the debut of two shows, Bring the Funny and Love Island. Uh, I'm not gonna review Bring the Funny or Love Island yet. I'm gonna save that. Till maybe next week or the week after. One is a talent show. The other is another one of these love shows. If you seen Paradise Hotel? It's kind of similar to that. Um, but with more Big Brother voting. If that makes sense. Uh, so, so it's kind of an interesting format. I can't wait to see how this goes. Uh, other than that. I, I don't know. I really don't know about these formats that well. I'm probably going to watch one or two episodes. And then be done. It happens, uh, but for me, what I've been watching has been the Pyramid on sun- on Sundays, Press Your Luck, Card Sharks, and Match Game, and then Spin the Wheel. Uh, spin the Wheel is still going strong, by the way. Uh, that is still going to have new episodes this week uh, I, I prefer it to The Wall, I think it's a much better version of The Wall, I think a lot of people who still say, it's the ripoff of The Wall, they're baby brains, I'm still gonna keep call, t- talking shit about these people, because it, it's a little different than The Wall, and, uh, the other show I've been watching is Beach Shazam, folks, it's on Monday nights at eight o'clock on Fox, I, I still say it, it is, a, a forgotten gem right now in the world of game shows. And it's one of my all-time favorite modern game shows because, yes, there's a marketing of of a million dollars, and Jamie Foxx is the host, but the format of guessing songs is great. And it is such a fantastic show, the way they, they incorporate different genres of music because it, it pulls a little something from everything. So, like, the Motown hits that your mom enjoys to like maybe the the 80s and 90s hits that you grew up listening to, to modern-day hits like Taylor and Maroon 5. Things like that are scattered all around, and it's such a fascinating game show to play along with, and it's a very great format to just guess and play and and sing along and dance. And if if everyone's interested in the show, then you're kind of invested, and I, I dig that, so... Folks, don't sleep on, on Beach Shazam. It really is good. Um, also, I don't think there's game shows on this Wednesday because of the ESPY awards. ESPYs, because sports deserves their own award show. And you know what? I'm still debating on whether right, sports counts as a game show. It is a televised competition, after all. Uh, <laughs> but who's the host? Is it the announcers? Is it the referees? I, I don't know. But it's 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 an interesting idea. Um, so, so, uh, we have some other news to get to as well, and this is going to be a whole bunch of international news. If, if, if this bores you, I'm sorry. The Glasgow-based STV is creating a new game show called Cash Machine. Glasgow-based commercial broadcaster STV has commissioned a new quiz show, hosted by Scottish TV presenter Lorraine Kelly, I don't know what the hell that accent was, produced in house by STV Productions, which is behind the game show Catchphrase. The cash machine sees contestants answer a series of questions in order to access the PIN number to the world's most generous ATM. Uh, okay, that seems interesting. Uh, all right. The 6x60 series will be doing STV later this year with production already underway. It will be piloted initially in Scotland with scope to be distributed elsewhere in the UK in international markets. So that means here. Uh, okay. Okay. Gary Chippington, that's his name, Gary Chippington, SCTV CTV Productions creative director will executive produced the show. He said, The format of The Cash Machine is addictive and built around a universally recognized centerpiece, the ATM. So it's a show we hope resonates with viewers, not just in Scotland, but potentially worldwide. STV's Director of Program Strategy and Marketing, Stephen O'Donnell, added, The Cash Machine appealed to us because of its innovative question style and fast-paced gameplay. Presenter Lorraine Kelly is hugely popular, and we hope viewers will be hooked as they play along with contestants. It's only six episodes, isn't it? All right. Uh, There's also Inside Central Station, a documentary about the Glasgow Central Station. Okay. That's fascinating stuff anyway so there there's a quiz show uh feel free to game show nerds to go wait this is it's the code it's it's the code from bbc it's it's it it's another game show it's another quiz show with numbers and it's an atm style instead of a bank vault i can't wait to see how this show works i i'm always curious to see new formats so so best of luck to the people at stv i want to see it BBC Three has revealed an all-new game show, which will see contestants face the ultimate physical and psychological test. is arriving on the internet television service later this year. Entitled Hush Money, and made by all three media's maverick television, the series offers groups of friends the chance to win up to £5,000 as they take on a series of challenges that will feature increasingly intense Quote-unquote, shocks, surprises, and scares. Each challenge is designed to generate a new type of reaction from the teammates. Rather, it's a shriek of terror or a yelp of joy. But the pals must progress through the four individual chambers and endure the shocks as best as they can. Because each time a member of the team screams, the prize money drops. The amount taken away from the kitty depends on how much noise they make. Given the phrase, keep calm and carry on a whole new meaning. (sighs) Simon Knight, the CEO of Maverick Television, described the upcoming program as heart-stopping, thrilling, and joyous before claiming that the show is irresistible for groups of friends who like to take on a challenge together. We can't wait to put people's nerves to the ultimate test, he continued. Whatever happens, they're guaranteed an experience to remember, adds Rachel Ashdown, commissioning editor for the BBC uh, so this is a basically a silent library they're basically making silent library i hate to compare it to other game shows i i, I know it, I, it's, 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 it's it's so it's a, like a silent library be quiet don't don't break the noise meter kind of show and then it's going to be like we know you're a fan of this musician or this actor so there they are in one room and then in another room it's oh no snakes and spiders Oh, I, oh boy! I realized for today's episode, I get to talk about oh no, snakes and spiders. It's um before we get to the the the, the really episode, I'm just gonna just breakly. Oh no, snakes and spiders is a trope I hate in game shows, uh, especially ones that try to listen the to reaction where it's just pointlessly adding snakes or spiders or creepy crawlies in like plexiglass boxes and having contestants just freak out and panic because oh no snakes and spiders it's a, it's a cheap reaction and it's something i just can't get excited over and it's like you know like fear factor did it then you see it in survivor you see it in i'm a celebrity get me out of here you see this on killer karaoke uh you, you you see this in like total blackout this this oh no there's a snake or a spider ah uh, and I think this is going to be one of those shows that's going to have that. And it's just pointless and just boring to me. And it's like when I see that, it's it's like, I get it. People are afraid of snakes and spiders. It's creepy crawlies. But like, what good is that in a game show other than we're laughing at someone's misfortune? It's, it's not really like an exciting plot point. And now if it was like a please get that away from me and then they give it away from him. Yeah, sure. Do that. Uh, that, that! At least adds something instead of just the haha, here's a spider on your face. And I feel like that's gonna be hush money. So that's a disappointment. What else is there? Oh man, there's previews of The Mask Singer season two. Heck yes, yeah, someone alert Jack Allison at Jack Allison LOL. There's a season two, and there's characters like Egg, Flamingo, Leopard, and Butterfly. Let's go egg, yay egg! If you are a fan of Double Dare season two and its brand new, breath-taking new tournament-style format, that will definitely be weird to see in later reruns, then you're in luck because there is a season two available this week. Well, actually, more next week. Next week it's Double Dare's SpongeBob week, featuring. Uh, whole new celebrities based on the world of SpongeBob SquarePants. Hope you're excited to see Drake Bell, uh, perform on Double Dare. Yay. Uh, also, uh, I guess we can go to another British game show, Supermarket Sweep. No, we're not talking about an American version, we're talking about a British version, uh, hosted by Rylan. Ah, you lovelies, with his big old chompers. Rylan Clark-Neal, who earlier today bagged himself a BBC One fashion format, because of course he can host another show, said, It's a dream come true to step inside this very special supermarket and host one of the most iconic series in television history. I am beside myself with excitement, and I'll be going wilder in the aisles than ever before. Fill up your trolley, grab your bag for life, and let's go shopping! Paul Mortimer, head of digital channels and acquisitions for ITV, said, We're so pleased to be working with Thames on this reboot version of the ITV classic game show. Funny and camp in equal measure, it's a great addition to ITV2's pre-Watershed lineup. To have Ryland back on the channel as a perfect host is a real bonus, too. Phil Harris, creator director of Thames, I've loved Supermarket Sweep since I was a teenager, so Thames and I are thrilled to be rebooting this cult classic with the awesome Ryland for its new home in ITV2. When the world's full of doom and gloom, it's definitely time for Burden to go wild in the aisles once again. So it's an aspirational show, which I guess it is, because we did talk about Supermarket Sweep in a long-ass time ago, and I guess we have to redo it, but yes. I enjoy Supermarket Sweep, but I can't wait to see how they do it in ITV2 with Ryland, because, I mean, Dale Winter did pass away, rest in peace, and I guess Ryland has that same level of camp, so sure, I can see that. It's Ryland's List Lovelies for 200 pounds, give me some baked beans, uh, wheat bread, and a pair of bananas. Well, that sounds about right. All right, so uh, (laughs) we also have some more news. (laughs) We're just going through all the news here uh big 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 game show news today this week the biggest cash prize in game show history has been broken on the show boom boom was that show with the with the big bomb that it was on fox you may have heard of it and with tom papa and then kind of just fizzled out uh it was a great show i enjoyed it because of the ooey gooey mess ooey gooey ooey gooey ooey gooey mess so on, on their version, it's a it's a team-versus-team format, and it was basically with returning champions. And there was this returning champion team called Los Lobos, not the band. I know you're thinking that. No, it's, it's another group of, like, trivia people. And they have been on the show for over 500 episodes. That's way more than Ken Jennings, way more than James Holzhauer. And uh, during those 500 episodes or so, they have won over 2.5 million euros. So, uh, hey, sorry brexit um, so so they had the they don't have a they have the jackpot called the boat the BoTE and it was just one and what it basically it's a recurring jackpot where if it's not one today it'll carry over to the next episode to the next episode to the next episode and as long as they're still on the show they can keep trying to play for that jackpot and after 500 so episodes uh, they won the jackpot and they've won 4.13 million euros. So their grand total overall is €6,689,700. In American dollars, that is $7,497,247.14. So holy moly, that's a lot of money. Uh, I really hope the uh, studio can pay for that. Otherwise, uh, this is going to be weird. But I think they could probably afford for that amount. Uh, So congratulations to Los Lobos. Uh, For over two years. They were on that show for two years. They're basically mainstays. It was kind of like a can you beat Los Lobos in the trivia show. And... Of course, it was, so it was the, you can you can try and beat the team, and then it was the returning champions, can they finally do it? And I, they finally did, so that, that's exciting. That's exciting stuff. I think I'll we'll have a link to some news, maybe a clip or something, because when, when they won, uh, the John Oliver guy was, like, shocked, so that was kind of exciting. Uh, now I guess we can go back here to the United States. Before we venture back to the UK for another game show, so <clears throat> this one is a local. This is a Los Angeles local. Fox Television stations will air a six-week run of Punchline, a comedy current events game show hosted by Melissa Peterman. The show that Fox tested two years ago began on summer run, July 15th, to the 20, to 28 stations in the Fox portfolio, with a, nine of the top 10 markets, such as New York, LA, and Chicago. The show is a daily half-hour current events-driven game show that sees two teams of two comedians compete to come up with the best punchlines. Two teams of two comedians, each come up with the best punchlines based on news headlines. They did summer tests two years ago, and with a few tweaks and a new superstar, Melissa Peterman, they think they have a fresh summertime hit for their stations. Peterman is an actress can be best known for Barbara Jean and Reba, and also starred on Baby Dally on the Freeform Network. She uh, starred in executive producer work class at C.M.T., was in Young Sheldon, and has hosted C.M.T.'s Singing Bee and Bet on Your Baby for ABC, and is a frequent uh, co-host on NBC's Access Hollywood. Dave Knoll and Clev Keller will serve as executive producers on the program. I'm a game show fan and hosting something I love. Added brilliant comedians and it's a winning combination. Pierrman said, "I'm excited to be working with Kate, Dave, and Cleve. I love the shows they create. I know I'm in good hands." So, uh, I I've seen the show and I'm kind of I'm gonna be a little curious about it. Now you probably have never heard of them and you know what that's fine. Uh, it's a team called Keller Knoll and they are behind things like America Says on GSN. Uh, they're behind, uh, I believe, Chopped on Food Network, and I, I there's I, probably one other one that I'm throwing a blank on that, that I probably do. Uh, Winsanity, I think. I think it's Winsanity. Uh, and it's basically just these different, like, it's, it's, I wouldn't say smaller cheap, but I would say they are frequently repetitive formats with very lower stakes, but has a perfect cult-like phenomenon that comes with these shows uh so so with with punchline it was basically the way they did was a three-on-three in la and it was basically kind of like a pseudo version of of at midnight but instead of uh the the hashtag war segment uh it was kind of like a fill in the caption format and it was a and it was fill in the blanks to these jokes, and it was point. It was it wasn't like so much. You said the funny line. Here's the points. It was between the two teams, which one is the funnier joke audience, and they would get the points. And that was kind of an interesting format. So I'm gonna see this. I mean, it's been a y- like years since At midnight was on the air. So I'm kind of curious to see how this rebooted take on it is. And maybe just maybe it will be an attempt at Fox having a late night show to distribute to its networks. Uh, at the very least, what they should do is put it on uh, on YouTube. Uh, just because if all these like networks do it, like CBS and NBC with their with their talk shows, you might want to try and put Punchline after the recordings up online just to have some funny jokes. So I, I, I'm trusting them to do a good job. Best of luck. Uh, I, I'll, I'll be there to giggle. And finally, we are talking about HQ. HQ laid off 20% of its staff uh, over the w- while. So so seven people were let go, bringing HQ to fewer than 30 people. Uh, this is according to TechCrunch. That leaves the company shorthand as it attempts to diversify revenue from upcoming launch of monthly subscriptions uh so now there's like ten dollar a month subscriptions they're they're trying some different games to try and create revenue um i don't know if it's going to last to be honest uh this is kind of the platform i'm trying to trying to figure out when was the right time to talk about this um because also over the last couple of weeks confetti ended its run of 250 episodes which was facebook's uh, mobile quiz show game. Uh, recently, Alex Jacob, uh, who was a Jeopardy champion and a funny dude, uh, won twenty grand on HQ and did and tr- did the payout and never received the money. So now there's this huge like throwback to HQ to get their money. And you know what? Ape Minky, friend of the show, Eight Minky won twenty grand too. So hey, HQ, uh, you should pay Eight Minky and and Alex Jacob twenty grand each. Come on. Come on, that's not fair. Uh, So with with HQ barely doing the payouts, and Confetti now ending, and now there's some things, I think Ripcord is now something else like TV or telly or something, and I've fallen off that, even though I liked In-N-Out. Joyride is also something I remember seeing uh joyride basically your attempt to do an hq show where you get to be the host and i thought that was kind of interesting but i don't know if that's going to also uh work what we're seeing is the decline of the mobile quiz genre and i think it was fine i don't know if it's because of scott leaving the show or the passing of the hq exec but the, we're seeing a, a complete dismissal of, of the quiz game and possibly because at, even when HQ was huge, no one knew how to generate revenue for these projects and offer the cash payouts that we are seeing basically a lot of people fl- falling over because they can't figure out a way to make money off these things. And that's going to be a huge hassle. Now, were they fun? Yeah, obviously. People love these quiz games. Uh, is it going to go away? Maybe, maybe not. I'm, 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 I'm leaning towards it's either going to go completely away, just like those of uh, PlayMania games from the late 2000s. Remember PlayMania? It's basically like that. Those PlayMania, call it home, uh, call the number right now, you win a hundred bucks. It's going to be something like that, where it's going to be they're either going to need a subscription service. And it's going to be pay to play, which could which could end up being gambling, which could wind up being, you know, seen into the United States like Congress and Senate because this is going to be considered. Is this gambling or not? Because you are paying money to play a trivia show. Uh, so, so there's going to be some issues with this. I think firmly we are going to see a huge, huge decline of of mobile game shows. But I think in like two, three years from now, we will be seeing a slight resurgence in the online game show quiz in a way that it's kind of like a Twitch game show, where if you input the answers on Twitch, you're in the raffle to win a prize. And that's going to be the future of the game show world, uh, is the interactive game shows but on an already established service, so a Netflix, a Twitch, Amazon, something of those natures is going to be where you'll see the next interactive game show equivalent that has the tech. I'm surprised Facebook, because they have the tech right now, uh, ended Confetti, because I thought of all the formats that existed, Confetti definitely worked, because the way they handled the show was it was part quiz show, but then slight variety show, because they kept bringing guests on and kept having silly stunts show up. So it's kind of weird that they didn't survive that level, but I'm just guessing it just wasn't financially uh, positive, to say the least. So uh, I'm thinking this could be the end of the mobile quiz. Uh, Almost a year uh, since we started this game show podcast, which is very bizarre. Um I see the future of game shows online being somewhat like that and somewhat like the podcasts that are pub quiz based. So if you have a pub quiz a podcast where you play trivia questions with friends, let me know. Maybe you can be on the show and talk about it. Uh, other than that, who knows? This is kind of uh this is kind of a new This is kind of a new uh world of game shows. And I'm thinking this is because this is still the internet, this is still the Wild Wild West. I think we will eventually see the the great internet game show debut. I don't know when, but I'm thinking it's soon. And I don't think it's HQ as much as I like Scott. Uh so so folks, keep playing the quiz shows, but just think you're not gonna win money on these things. That's all I gotta say. Pretend this is like a Chuck E. Cheese ticket redemption game instead. Uh, maybe you'll feel better that way. I guess we should move on to today's episode. Lies, screams, boils, and ghouls. It is I, a poorly made impression of the Crypt Keeper. Well, okay, it's, it's Jordan. I gotta be honest with you. When it comes to horror, I'm a big baby. Chum scares terrify me, and I can't handle gore. I get woozy at the sight of blood. It's just who I am. Even though I was most recently on an episode of, of Chattin' with Chucky, Uh, talking about uh, some of the appearances that Chucky had in in pop culture. That was fun. Uh, Where was I? I gotta tell you one more thing about me. Um, When I was 19 and just started college, I went to Moorpark College in Moorpark, California. That's called Moorpark, Moorpark College. My first ever class at Moorpark College was called Psychology of Horror Movies. It was a class that was a merge of two classes, uh, psychology 101 and Film Critique 101. They merged the two together into creating this psychology of horror movies. It was one of the most fascinating courses I've ever had because I learned why we go to horror movies. What causes us to panic? What is that fear and anxiety we share? And told through the perspective of, of things like The Sixth Sense, Night of the Living Dead, and The Descent. It really did mess me up. But going through that course, I learned so much about myself. Also, I saw people fall off and and drop out when they realized it was more than just watching movies. And they were confusing critique with critic, so their shitty-ass Ebert reviews meant nothing. I firmly believe that game shows are for everybody, and that if done correctly, can translate into multiple genres of television. Game shows as comedy, such as Oblivious or Wipeout. Game shows as action, such as The Amazing Race. Game shows as romance or drama, like The Bachelorette. It's all over the place, but horror? Is it possible? Well, to sum it up quickly, yeah, of course. Some are aesthetic of horror, such as Secrets of the Cryptkeeper's Haunted House. Others are trying to be paranormal-focused, like MTV's Fear. And others, like Elevator are Blumhouse Creations, meant to take the familiar tropes of horror into real life. It was October 28th, 2013, and ITV2 had a Halloween week of shows. One was a pilot for a new game show, where contestants weren't just doing Fear Factor, oh no, snakes and spiders stunts, but put into a living, breathing nightmare. And worst of all, a culmination of The Dog Run, which these contestants chased by hungry dogs waiting to munch them? Yes, you can break down and explain the production of the show, the practical from the fantasy. The dogs don't eat the contestants. The dogs are after the backpack, not the player. But if you take out all the aesthetic, what makes the horror motif anyway? Tonight we are going to talk about the show that gave me nightmares. And hopefully we can run away from this horror show as winners with Struggle Sessions horror correspondent, Shannon Strucy. It's time to release the hounds and turn the table. With me on the line... Is one of the stars of the critical bitcast and from the YouTube Stroosey movies. Hey, it's Shannon hey. Strucey.
1: <laughs> hey, happy to be here.
0: Uh, How's it I,
1: going? I we just watched a weird show.
0: We did. I look. I I I watch your YouTube videos. I I under, I, I I follow you on Twitter, and you have this great mind for horror movies. Is
1: I've spe- loved horror since I was a little kid.
0: So, so I, I mean, would go through your your history of horror movies, but I think that would be an hour in and of itself.
1: Yeah, it definitely would be, I
0: think. Uh, and also, you kill us. You you guess on so many of my favorite podcasts. Uh, so, so it's like it's good to have you here to, to basically be the doctor analysis for this genre breaking game show. We're talking about. The ITV show called Release the Hounds. Now, <laughs> I'm a scaredy cat. I, I explained to Shannon, uh, if there's a startlement, I punch something, I, I go, I, I say a lot of curse words, I'm probably kicked out of many haunted houses at this point, and <laughs> this is a show chock full of them. Now, there is a few haunted horror-based game shows out there in the world. Uh... I I will just go through some that I know off the top of my head. Elevator, for instance. A state of panic, for instance. Uh, murder in small town X, or Who Done It? Even though Who Done more clue based than uh, horror based. A uh, thirteen fear is wheel. We wheel <laughs> real, not wheel. <laughs> um, MTV Fear and Celebrity Paranormal Project. All of these are trying to be a genre breaking show because. I guess when you do a game show, it's uh, you know it's in studio, it's with contestants. Let's meet them. But with with a horror movie, you you can't really duplicate that.
1: Different format, or, or like a typical game show is a very different format from a horror movie. <laughs> They're usually pretty
0: different. So we'll explain quickly what the format is because I think it's the most bare bones, easy to understand format. <clears throat> Three contestants. Now, these were all celebrities we watched. We watched the one that was on YouTube because most of the later episodes involve celebrities instead of civilians, probably so they don't get sued. I don't know. Uh, the It's a team of three, and they play three games. Uh, for each game that they complete, they go through a, a chest, and the chest has anywhere from 3,000 in the game one, which is a nice lighthearted like daytime silly game to a medium almost corny b-movie horror for six thousand dollars concluding with a solo act playing in the final challenge for nine thousand pounds that is very fucking spooky that is reminiscent (laughs) of all your horror tropes now that's just how to get to the money gotta get the key to get to the money It's also part uh, escape room, in a way, because as they enter into the horror and they get assimilated into, like, the story that they want to tell by the producers, an undertaker gongs then starts, and that moves this gate. The gate is important because it's... How far are you away from dogs? A bunch of dogs. A bunch of... of And I don't mean poodles. I mean, like, you know, bloodhounds. Like, one's made to... To bite at people from the police. And <laughs> the idea is the better you do at these challenges, which probably I think are supposed to take like about three minutes, four minutes, the closer you are to, to the gate. But if you do it very fast, you're closer to the wall. So it's how closer you to the wall versus to the dogs. That's your head start away from the dogs. Then you must run away from the hounds. If you make it to the ladder and meet the host... You bank the money, and you you live. Hooray! But if a dog touches you by way of biting you, because that's pretty much the only way to do it, unless you just fall on the floor, uh, that's considered a loss, and you don't get the money, and they basically assume that you're dead. (laughs) After all three games, uh, they total up the money, they don't explain the guy's dead, and the money goes to charity. And then I get jump-scared by a clown. I still can't get over that clown that startled me. Uh, uh, but there's also one twist with the cuz yes it's 3,000 6,000 9,000 which by the way splits evenly among three players, two players or one player. Uh, but there is a $2,000 gamble for any one of the three during their run. It didn't have to be the first one, by the way. Shannon.
1: Randomized as no, to which. No, it's for get, any of the three. So if is...
0: player 1 decided not uh, to, Player two would get that offer, then player then three. Then,
1: ah, the 2,000 pounds in the little box.
0: Yeah, because uh, if you calculate the math, three six nine is 18, so plus two grand makes it even 20 grand. <laughs> and uh, that means that if there was ever an American version, that means about $50,000 would be probably what they would do for this show. I'm trying to figure out what the math would be for that five, ten, fifteen, and then twenty. Exchange no. rate right now. I'm doing math in a horror movie. <laughs> if that doesn't say I'm the first to die, I don't know what is. Uh, probably be twenty. It'd be yeah, it'd probably be ten, fifteen, twenty with five thousand dollar buffer. There, I did it. Air, well, so okay. Uh, in the American version, it'll be ten, fifteen, twenty thousand, and then a five thousand dollar for five meter. There you go. There, Americanized the version. Otherwise, keep it the same as it is now. Now that we've got that out of the way, <laughs> let's talk about the game. What would you think,
1: Shannon? <laughs> I, I think I talked about this while we watched it. I like that we watched a charity episode, so they were very like it was. Was lighthearted. I've watched game shows where people seem very like greedy or like competitive, and it's kind of uncomfortable and weird. But they were really having fun with it, even though it was like scary, weird stuff. No,
0: this is your first ever. They, they were time laughing and cutting up. <laughs> this is your first time ever seeing the show. Uh. When it started on ITV back in Halloween of like 2014, I believe it was like way, way, way back ago. It was with Reggie Yates, Danger Mouse himself. Oh, sorry, Ross Mouse, Reggie Yates, and he's now on The Voice. Like he, he he's now does shows. So we're, oh, 2013, it was a Halloween special, and it was supposed to be like a one-off because ooh, spooky Halloween. Here's a Halloween-based game show, and it proved popular that they picked it up for next year, September to Halloween again for Six and then they just repeated the process. Uh, in the first episodes, it was with you know randos, then they made it with civilians, and then they made it back to uh, basically you know, uh, celebrities, probably because it's more fun that way. So, everything is for charity. They didn't specify what charity, though. Now that I think about it,
1: he said, Yeah, he was talking to him, he was like, It's for your charity, too. So, but they didn't really have a moment to be like, My charity is. Blah 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 blah. Like I'm supporting St. Jude's or I'm supporting this. They didn't really go into it at all, which was strange. Because usually on these shows they'll be like, I'm supporting
0: it's it's a plug. It's supposed to be a plug for you know, I'm doing this. <laughs> and so so that was kind of weird. Uh but uh the one we saw with to YouTube, uh fifteen thousand, which means seventy five hundred each. Uh and I will say, I, the early episodes were freaky. They were messed up. This this was not a really a, so much a messed up episode as it was more comedic scary, which was right up my alley. Uh, <laughs> but I was still when I got to the third game, my uh, my hands were covered because that game creeped me out. And I think that's that's great for the producers because I think they know exactly what they want in a game show. <laughs> It's a horror base. the
1: The second episode was like, uh, or not second episode. The second yeah. round of it, yeah. yeah, the second game in it was like a pumpkin man was menacing them. Then he got hit by an ambulance, and they had to say they had to like take like apart it, put the pumpkin a- man back together. It was a fun subversion. It was really weird because it makes it look
0: like, um, oh, I guess we. Even though I said we shouldn't really do an episode by episode interpretation of this, I think that is mm. best to describe the show that we saw. We got a, a, someone from Love Island and two people from Emmerdale, the popular soap opera, and in the and they were introduced by a what looked like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, turtle mobile, <laughs> yeah. metal. <laughs> Uh, No pizza flying, you know, and a lot of rusty
1: chains. Uh, Yeah, and the whole first segment, they were like, their legs were chained together. So then they were
0: introduced Uh, by the host. Now, Reggie Yates is typically the host, but this was the most recent season, which is Matt Edmondson. Uh, Matt Edmondson uh, does the X Factor, the extra factor. Mm. So, yeah, he's a real host guy, which I think I don't. I don't know if that adds to the show or ruins the show. Because uh, what do they you want th- in a host for this? That's the question.
1: I thought they gave him were universe, which it actually kind of lighten the rest of the show. Like maybe they don't want it to be too. Like it, it seems overall, the last segment was creepy, but overall it seems like kind of lighthearted, which is weird because people are physically being chased by dogs. So I thought it would be a little more like mean.
0: Or whatever. I mean, it's but. sort of mean they're being chased by dogs, but it's, it looks to me like it's actually pretty safe, because they're all wearing a thick leather jackets, and I think that's the intention for the thick leather jackets, is to, hey, stop, and there they go. And they're also wearing a lot of padding. Mm-hmm. They just don't really show it that much.
1: Um, they were perfectly safe. Oh, yeah, and we have got like- to
0: mention the, the first introduction. The first thing we see in the show, before we even get to the game, is this disclaimer, which I thought was very brilliant and silly now that I think about it. The producers would like to thank the families of the participants. No dogs are harmed in the documentation of this event. <laughs> it makes it sound like it's a real. It, it most seems like it's real, because they have to say documentation instead of game show. Mm-hmm. And thank the families because they assume like, okay, if these people passed like passed away.
1: They're fruit ripped out by one of these dogs.
0: <laughs> want to thank the families? Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, which which gives it that extra bit of c- creepy, which they want. They want it to be like anything can happen in this show. So after they go into Shredder Mobile, they introduce to the host. They are gathered into the group. They are introduced the group of three into the white light. And they go back into a shredder mobile, where then I guess a team of militant uh, stagehands, because they're wearing camo <laughs> and <laughs> ready to rob a bank. Uh, they decided to chain them up and then force them into a playground. And it's supposed to look like, I guess, like part military playground, like part military obstacle course, and then part playground. And then there's That's all because the-
1: they had the kids. <laughs> they had the kids So
0: what happened was, it was There was all these basers like keep out And then it says go away And then it says do not touch red And there's a big arrow Like basically pointing to go into this Creepy gate And then as soon as one of the people Touched the red A girl who we don't have Prosthetic eye makeup Or they just added in post no eyes whacks them with a slingshot with a paintball gun and then screams in their ear like ah! and then this and continues a drone with a paintball gun and this continues again with a drone there's a little drone strike going on on this game show and then there's a boy with a morphed iMovie mouth and then they morph his eyes to be white uh, and they both just weird, screamed.
1: like corny <laughs> post-production stuff in that segment of giving them like because the, I think they were ma- modeling them after the Village of the Damned children, like little blonde kids with white eyes and stuff. They but. were, they
0: were the the blonde-eyed uh, kids, but they weren't saying anything. They weren't like doing the unison, you know, come play. We lo-. no, this was just them screaming, and it's that, ch- and I think it's because I've been to playgrounds where it's the kid does that scream don't take that the wrong way. I was eating I was at a friend's birthday party, <laughs> but you know the kids are playing in the playground and there's always that ah! it's that scream over and over again mixed with well, paintball.
1: with paintballs that, yeah, that was a weird choice and it was, like,
0: it was like clever It's like a teeter totter uh going under the thing, going up a ladder. but if they touch red at any point, they get paintballs. <laughs> And then, like, at the end, there's a slide, and the slide leads to a giant red square, (laughs) and it leads to a red ladder. And they're all just like, fuck, (laughs) no matter what, we can't win. And then, sure enough, as soon as they hit the button, a gong breaks, the gate starts moving, and they have to go back to where they came. The game didn't even start yet, they have to do it all over again. Which leads to some comedy, I feel.
1: <laughs> that one, it was basically at a certain point, it's like, just go. It doesn't matter if you touch red, just hurry. <laughs> like, it becomes impossible.
0: Uh, then they get to the first split up. Uh, two of them go to the left, which is the white light. Then the red goes to the hounds. And and it's menacing hounds because they have to pick up a uh, three thousand pounds in a in a shoe box or something a, a gate a metal gate, and then you see the host and he says, "Hey, there's three thousand pounds. Hey, look over to the side. Here's two thousand pounds. You can take it uh, for five extra meters, or you you can uh, just stay where you are." And the guy foolishly took the, the two grand to go for five. Because in his words, he's a fast runner. He can do it. And I guess like every movie cliche, every horror movie cliche, the guy got too confident in himself. And uh, he lost. <laughs> he he got hit uh, by the dogs. He got
1: hounded. He got The hounded. dogs got him. And they just like showed him laying on the ground like he was dead. It's just like, someone's like, okay, just stay there for a second. We need this shot of you just laying in the dirt. I love
0: the introduction. because again,
1: <laughs> I thought they would show him again at the end. Like oh, no, no, he's dead. He's fucking dead. He dead. No, we're,
0: we're saying in storyline, he's dead. <laughs> no, hooray, kind of you are part of the 15 grand. No, you're dead. <laughs> and the way they present it is if the dog... T- I- if I had to guess on a production standpoint, what they say is when the guy says release the hounds, the gates go up. That's when the hounds do get released. You must run down the the 160... This is what it is. It's 160 meters. That yeah, there are 160 meters. And I'm guessing it's like at a rate of maybe 20 per minute. 20 meters per minute.
1: I have no idea how they... Uh, if they do it accurate, like what they actually do. Yeah, I was to trying to do the math myself. Start. If,
0: in case I want to replicate this at home. <laughs> in case I want to get some dogs. Uh, and if they... I think if the rule is if they touch the ladder, like hand on ladder or, or foot on ladder, that counts as a win. Otherwise, uh, if the dog touches you, you lose. Uh, so the guy was about five meters away. So if he didn't take that offer, he would have probably did it. He got touched by the dog. He fell face first. A big... And I love it because it's so dramatic. And it, this had to be, like, their intent. If they lose, it is now just a giant red light.
1: <laughs> He's flooded with red light while well, the dogs to give this sort amb- of stand <laughs> around him.
0: <laughs> to give this ambience of, like, yeah, they're dead. <laughs> like, blood. <laughs> Like, it's blood red, not even, like, comical red, like, just dark red. And and you hear dogs arf, arf, and the guy's just like, oh, no, I can't believe it, oh, well. And the jokes are, oh, I don't know, how do you explain these jokes? Like, Tales from the Crypt level's awful, Freddy, awful.
1: Tells, his, like, puns and stuff, I would say, were. Worse than Tales from the Crypt, in my opinion. They weren't like offensive or or terrible. There was one that was sort of like, ugh, with the pumpkin guy where he's like, oh no, he'll become become a vegetable. I'm like, that's awful on a lot of different levels. Most of them were just like silly puns. Well I'm
0: guessing that's what he wanted. We wanted puns. And it's like (laughs) It's like I was just thinking of like, okay, we can get like some some punch-up people here for the second game. So in the second game, it's now at night. We were starting in the day. Now we're in the nighttime. I'm going to say probably like, you know, like eight, nine o'clock. Like it's 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 still like you can clearly tell it's early morning. And then as they're walking in the spooky forest, boo, here's the spooky pumpkin man.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: And the spooky pumpkin man terrifies them that they start running. And then he starts getting, he starts chasing them just slightly, like in a in a silly like, Almost Scooby-Doo like, give me a hug. Give me a hug.
1: It was very Scooby-Doo. And then he gets hit by the ambulance. And then
0: ambulance. You just hear a
1: wee-woo, wee-woo.
0: And then he hits the guy. He hits the pumpkin man. And then you just hear, save the pumpkin man. Hey, save the pumpkin man. Save pumpkin man and the doors open and they have to play ambu- like paramedic to fix this this uh this this pumpkin man <laughs> this guy in a pumpkin suit so what they did is they got the pumpkin guy in the suit uh they they latched him in and then they be- basically played like an escape room like you know he needs 5 of these 3 of these be sure to do this mix these two together and then defibrillate, with the joke being that every moment that that does, everything goes wrong. So he starts barfing up like pumpkin. <laughs> He's uh, like fake blood just starts splurrying all over the place,
1: shooting out of him like orange blood.
0: Uh, and oh, did I mention that this is all while the car is now driving all over the place in the forest? So they are like just pushing all over the place.
1: And they're being timed, and the longer they take, the less of an advantage they have against the hounds while they're trying to defibrillate this like pumpkin man.
0: see, <laughs> that one like very difficult. They had to find cauliflower <laughs> for a while. Uh, and then brain when,
1: with cauliflower, I think
0: they had to get yeah, because it was like supposed to be, like like a mix, and it starts like it starts barfing it up. It's, all the good stuff happens. And then when it came to the defibrillator, because that was the closing thing, you got to wind up the thing and then defibrillate. It was one of those gag defibrillators that shocks the person. <laughs> so he had to get shocked three times to save the guy. Uh, and then right when he, quote unquote, saves the pumpkin man, uh, in alien style, a little pumpkin baby just pops right out of his chest and startles him. And he holds the key. <laughs> And that's what stops the clock.
1: Yeah, once they get the key. <laughs> the little pumpkin the, kid's the going, little dog key. Mama! <laughs> I'm just blusting
0: out laughing because it's like, this is so terrifying. <laughs> I'd be beating the shit out of every actor here. This is not for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think you would do well
0: <laughs> uh, I, I beat don't... up the
1: pumpkin. You're supposed to save the pumpkin man, not beat up the pumpkin man. <laughs> i
0: Punch the little puppet pumpkin. <laughs> uh, and then they had to split up for 6,000 while one plays the final game. Mm-hmm. And this time around, it was the twin brother of of, of the guy who, who failed in the first time. And he's playing for 6,000, which is double. Uh, he sees the, the host, and he's waving at the wall, and he's like, hey, how's it going? And it's like, hey, how's it going? No one else is here. Wait, What? <laughs> Your brother didn't make it. Is he going to be all right? He's dead. No, (laughs) he's like they're basically he's like we have the storyline tell you the guy is dead. (laughs) Like he's 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 can't he's not back. We gotta tell you he he lost. Uh, and then he did his run, and his was about one meter. Ahead of when the guy took the advantage. And he did it. He survived. So he got six grand for the charity of charity. The, the charity named Sorry charity.
1: charity. <laughs> the, the
0: ch- and then we move on to the final game, which is the most terrifying. Because if, if the second one was kind of reminding me of like Troll 2 or any of these like B-movie. Mm-hmm. This one is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> Almost. Everyone was very
1: well designed, yeah.
0: It is a haunted house. And in this, like almost like a haunted house, it's more like a haunted art gallery where it's all these portraits and their eyes are removed. One of the galleries is of the contestant himself. So that's already creepy enough. And then... I guess in like Krampus style Like I don't know what monster they were trying to go for here Like It reminded me of Krampus mixed with Pennywise mixed with like a Swamp thing cause it was like a rope Monster like a vine Came out He came out of a portrait Is that like- talking
1: about? Busted <laughs> out and reached for him
0: And it's like, ah, and then he does like the, 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 the come hither finger wag, you know, point over here, (laughs) come into the portrait. I don't like he's Super Mario 64 or something. I don't know. And he goes into the portrait and it's a little tunnel and he sees a little frame that says, uh, find the code, look in the eyes from cradle to grave to figure out the code. And then the gong starts. So he has to now run back and see all the portraits of people starting with the baby and then to, like, the the child and then to, like, the adult and then to the grandparent (laughs) for a four-digit code. And as he's looking in the eyes, he has to look in the eye holes. And startlement happens
1: every time. (laughs) The first one, they just, like, dumped red water on him. Like, dang.
0: So fruit punch like is he's at the like at the super bowl he won i
1: yeah, like they got gatorated and then he as he peeked again
0: it. the dolls dropped down from the ceiling
1: five dolls hanging like noose like straight around their necks i think yeah like, just when creepy like enough as things. it is
0: because these are like child dolls with like almost fake nooses and he had to count five so the first digit's five Then to the child with the child's eyes, and you're thinking, "Oh God, what's next?" And then, of course, boo! Spooky clowns. Spooky clowns pop up and they jump scare you, and they then he 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 gets startled, and he looks back, and it's two clowns just like posing. So five two, then to the third room, where it's now cockroaches. I don't know why cockroaches. I feel that that's a trope that I really hate in a lot of these shows the uh, the, the the creepy creatures Tropes. trope right? yeah
1: like
0: cockroach snake spider uh, and then I think there was like four cockroaches or something and then the last one was uh, rats 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 because sp- oh no snakes and spiders and rats. There was two. And then as he goes up thinking he's done, find the fake. And then he gets a portrait and he has to find the one that does not look like this. Unaware that there were eight portraits that all look like this one painting. Then he had to tap it to stop the clock. And I thought that was a clever finale. Like that's say just when you thought it was all over.
1: More thing to go.
0: Then he goes to the spooky room pumpkin man's back pumpkin man apparently lived and he's just like jump scares people now and yeah he's probably thinking like i didn't even get to do my game i was supposed to be like in the forest like startling you or something and and it didn't work uh so then he has the nine thousand dollar run uh he got closest than everyone else because apparently he's good as a solo so he's closest to the wall he does the run of course he makes it so that's fifteen thousand to charity he lost the brother but gained a brother <laughs> and then he <we> just <laughs> s- a little
1: gag at the end
0: and then we sign off and I get jump scared by the damn clown again not,
1: yeah that one got you
0: i fuck, i I you fuck, don't like i it's like I don't know I don't like I don't like it I don't like it I don't like it um well, that's it. That's that's the the game uh, format wise. There's a lot of different games. I've seen a lot of different challenges besides this one I, on YouTube, among other things. So one that they did in the earlier seasons that was iconic, and I got it right now on air because I think it's one of my favorite games, Shan. Mm. There was basically a they just it, imagine something that looks like grandmother's like attic. Like a grandmother kitchen, like a grandmother cupboard area. So, you know, it's like the wallpaper, a lamp, a chair, and the rug. And there's a book right on the chair. And all the guy had to do was sit down on the chair and read the book. And as he's reading the book, this, the page basically comes to life so it's like here's the story of a girl a girl who drowned in the well He, she was sad because she had no friends and then suddenly you hear a girl crying in the background like ah. she came back alive what <laughs> and she wants her revenge
1: what it's like attack him
0: And then, of course, then the little kid's, like, right behind her and just starts, like, screaming and spraying water. (laughs) And as he, and then the reader, as he turned his head, he found, turn the page. (laughs) And the guy is just melting down, like, no, 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 (laughs) no, no. And then another classic one was something kind of almost like it-wise so I thought was really clever. So what like they did was they had a whole of bunch thing. of balloons in the forest. And the idea was supposed to be you pop That's the balloons. And they had to pop the balloons. And then if they popped the balloons, they got a dart, which led to the next uh, set of balloons, which they have to just throw darts at to-, to pop the balloons. Which leads to the final part where there's this giant, huge fucking balloon, and as soon as they pop it, out walks a clown with a chainsaw, <laughs> and then the lights dim and then For he disappears. That end, this
1: one, you kept mentioning chainsaws.
0: Oh, there is everything. There, there was a clown with a chainsaw. There was one with reality show contestants, and it was called "TV Will Kill You." And the idea was this was a trio game. But it was in uh, they, it was a split up because it was big brother contestants where the idea was supposed to be that whoever was the one going into the game was gonna be the one going to the hounds. Uh, so what they did was they put him in a fake guillotine that instead of a blade, it was a television set, like a big, timey television set. And it's called TV will kill you, and if you fail, the TV's gonna smash you in your face.
1: It's pretty intense.
0: So he has to read questions and be the question writer while the other two have to answer correctly. Four right, uh, survives the guy, while four wrong, uh, fail. And he, the television smashes his face. And it is supposed to be like, ha ha, that's never going to happen. So what happens is he, he does uh, survive. He gets four right, because of course the last one's relatively easy. Mm-hmm. So the, then the, the little key falls from the, the guillotine and what happens is as he grabs the chain, uh, it cuts to something that was recorded earlier, like before they were even there. Because uh, I guess they want to, you know, get him out of the device and, and go to the next uh, room for, for the act. But what the contestants see and what the host sees and what everyone else sees is this pre-recorded footage of a guy who looks suspiciously like him, pulling the cord and the television just smooshing him and blood falling from his face. Like he's dead at dead. <laughs> and there and then you see like people like crew members start rushing in and then you see like no signal, you hear beep. And the host's like, "Are you kidding me? Are you shitting me? Oh my god. Oh jeez." <laughs> and I'm thinking that's why Reggie R- uh Yates decided to quit the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's totally pretty different from the episode that we watched too. But it was a
0: joke because it was supposed to be a play on reality television. So they were camping it up. It's called, so it was like a fake TV host saying, TV will kill you. <laughs> um, but but this this one was very charming. Uh, it's distributed by Sony Pictures. So that's telling me at any point, this could probably be in up in America. In fact, they were going to pick this up on Fox last year. And it just never uh, came to fruition, as it turns out. Uh, seems
1: like it's pretty cheap to make.
0: Uh, so Guardian, I'm reading some reviews here. Guardian described the pilot as both great and stupid, which ticks the <laughs> only television boxes you need to worry about. <laughs> uh, so that that sounds about right. Yeah, this is a very seems like a very cheap show to produce. But it all, I was trying to figure out on a, on a horror standpoint, where does it stand on a budget? Because there's a lot of uh, of horror props in this.
1: Like, the prize money isn't, like, a ton of money. I don't think it would cost that much to do. I mean, the props were very well designed, but I don't think they would be that expensive.
0: Okay, because we're talking 20,000 pounds top prize if you include all three runs in the two grand uh, bribe. Uh, but I... But it's ITV, which is a commercial channel in the UK. So I'm assuming maybe about 60,000. I mean, they got the land. They they kind of, the production company has this land now for them. Uh, The show, oh, let me read off this wiki article, which will always be factually correct. The show purported uh, to take place on a haunted country estate in the English hills, but was actually filmed at Bramley Ordnance Depot, also known as Bramley Central Ammunition Depot in North Hampshire. For the 2015 series, which broadcasted September 30th, 2015, the filming was transferred to Eastern Europe. The new filming site in a square mile of Lithuanian forest was created by Gogglebox Entertainment itself after similar programs were commissioned for Sweden. Denmark, Russia, the Netherlands, and Lithuania itself, and they're playing one for South America for Peru in the U.S. All right, then. Well, I guess they're still doing it. (laughs) Point. Let me see that hub. Uh, Oh no, it's gone now. All right. I don't. I don't know. This is a. This is a tough crack. Is it, is it? Hmm. All right. So, uh, I like the set. I lo, I think each of these games has a great set dressing and a good production.
1: Uh, even I'm when tra- it looked cheap, it was like charming. It was. They whoever, the people who did it probably didn't have a huge budget, but they put a lot of effort into the set design.
0: I mean, like, a, a lot, I'm pretty sure the the. I mean that's wasn't that most UK game shows though. like they don't really have much budget so it adds to the charm but it also doesn't come across as like what I see in other core based game shows it actually seems like they actually did think of like oh no this is like based on these kind of horror cliches and this is based on this kind of horror cliche and this is based off so wow I, and also it is unlike a lot of game shows I should point this out here cuz an cuz like you said early like in the very beginning of this episode uh a lot of game shows are competitive you know I'm here to win I'm not here to make friends This is a team-based game show This is a team versus the house literally <coughs> So so which I say we need more games like that we need more team-based game shows that uh, play off the strengths of everyone. And I like the fact that in the part two, the act two, when they were going to say who does the hounds, the guy was basically uh, saying, you do the hounds. Why? You're faster than me. You're stronger than me. I believe in you. I trust you. And I just met you. (laughs) And it's like, that's charming. That's great. That was very cute. Don't don't get that on a lot of game shows. Like a nice plus up, a nice size up, not a mean were like you're gonna suck. It was everyone was ring for each other, and I love that. Uh, I I enjoy both hosting. I don't know if I like Reggie Yates more more than uh than Matt. Matt has more puns. Reggie played more like uh Reggie played more like uh because uh, he didn't see a uh, Reggie Yates episode. Reggie almost plays it up more like uh like a children's show host. If that could if that makes sense like like if you can imagine them going if they did the pumpkin mission it's like oh no it's the pumpkin man's injured oh i hope he's all <laughs> right he got squashed by that ambulance so similar puns um so here's the final question we have cuz i love the music set dressing's great everything about this is is a great parallel i love when game shows try to do different genres and doesn't mm-hmm. feel like game shows. It, it, the the release the hounds is a good Halloween thing. So I already said how I would do it: ten, fifteen, twenty, and a five thousand dollar launch. But I want to ask Shannon: Shannon, should the show come to America?
1: I think it would do well here from a business point of view. Although I don't really know the exact game show landscape right now, but I think it's cheap to produce. I think it's like an eye-catching format, having human beings chased down by dogs. <laughs> Is that I think your it would be profitable. part of the show,
0: just the dogs.
1: It's called "Release the Hounds." I think when you actually watch it, that's a very small part of it, time-wise. But I think that's that you're not going to see that in any other game show, as far as I know. People being attacked by dogs. <laughs> um, so I think that would be a good draw. I mean, I don't know if it would be the same for you know, how they change stuff for an American audience. But like like we talked about, I like the fact that it was, it was very lighthearted, even when it was scary. So like, coming soon to the CW and,
0: kind of thing. Like, if we're going cheap budgetary, then I mean, CW might be the pickup.
1: And then corny. And it was well designed, like we were talking about. It had a very escape room vibe, or like a well-done haunted house, vibe, like a haunted house attraction vibe. Because I really like haunted houses, like Netherworld and Halloween Horror Nights and stuff like that.
0: I mean, there's another similar game show called Elevator that was on Game Show Network, and it was made by Blumhouse. Uh, but that one was with the Terror Twins, and that was trying to do what this did, but on, I would say, an even cheaper budget, and with no dogs. Oh, well, there you go. They just went to an abandoned meat locker warehouse in Los Angeles and said, we'll use this space
1: will become our elevator." And we'll and it's
0: and it's every trope that I dislike. You know, snakes, spiders, rats, cockroaches. At least this has cleverness. There's like fire being thrown at them. There's electricity. There's it's the fear of the unknown, which is what I think people love in horror movies, right? That fear of we don't know. Mm-hmm. And then even if you did know, you get you get scared. <laughs> I got scared.
1: Uh it, is. It, it would be very scary to be chased by dogs. <laughs> so that, <laughs> see, even if you know they're not really going to hurt you, they did not. They obviously didn't actually maul anybody. But just hearing dogs bark and running would be very fun and scary.
0: So the fun thing was, you were going like, "I like this game. I don't want to be on the hounds, though."
1: <laughs> like I can't run that fast. I don't. I, I don't startle very easy. I don't care if stuff gets like dumped on me or if I'm dealing with pumpkin guts. See, I, mean, I was doing
0: the opposite. I would, not, uh, I I would thinking... need a big head start. See, I mean, I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking, I would do the Hound Run. I'm not going to do the, like...
1: first rest the, of it.
0: <laughs> they get pee, because I, I think I have the track skills. But even then, like, oh, geez, this is such a... It's such a messed up show, but it's such a fun, delightful entertainment show that I think this should always be, like, a two or three episode every year show. Because it seems like a show. limited release. Uh, and if if it was, then that gives the producers, creators, time to like actually formulate the games, which I think that's what they did.
1: There's obviously a lot of thought put into each individual. Well, maybe not the first one as much. It was mostly just an obstacle course, but the second two were more like puzzles, and they were very creative. I did not expect them to have to like sort of uh, operation, man, back together. I thought that was neat.
0: I like it. Uh and I guess we found a home. CW, do you have an idea for host then I guess? Do you have an idea for who should host this? First- oh, I
1: have no idea. Uh I just someone who leans into how corny it is. Cause I think I, I don't think I would have enjoyed this if it just went only for being like scary. Like you get the crib keeper. <laughs> yeah, get like some yeah, get I would say get someone who kind of understands it being kind of fun and campy. So, uh, it was maybe a little more, and get some maybe funnier writers than the people who wrote the bad puns on this one. Get, uh,
0: <laughs> get, the, get Jack Allison on board. Get, uh, get some, some plus, get Susser on the line, Van. Uh, it all is good, people. Uh, it needs to have, I think that's right. It needs to have, like, a, I was gonna say, like, a John Winters vibe, you know, like a, like a silly camp. It needs to be like a camp or it needs to be uh, somewhat of a guy who you can tell is, like, a total fraidy cat, and it's great that he's in the, uh, not in, out there.
1: That'll be fun, too.
0: Because it's just gonna be him going, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you fine? Oh, jeez. Are you fine? (laughs) Because then it adds to Uh the camp of, they're the least helpful person you could have on the other line. (laughs) To Uh... And that's how I think we'll do it. CW, pick it up. Uh for your Halloween release, two three episodes can't go wrong. Uh hire, hire Shannon to be a consultant.
1: Be your horror expert.
0: Yeah, I think there needs to be know a horror lot expert about horror movies.
1: <laughs> well, I mean like can you think of like a challenge like off the top of your head? <laughs> I would ha- I would want to take time with it and come up with some really crazy stuff.
0: All okay, I could I said, like, think hey. of is, like, the only one I could think of on the top of my head, and this is just, like, and I and I knew we were doing this episode, but I did not think challenge-wise what would work. There needs to be something that is, like, a uh, a bleeding walls effect with, like, the thick red goo kind of blood, and there has to be some sort of, like, window, and you have to find, like, an outside is, like, the code. So you have to keep wiping away the the
1: (laughs) all the gross stuff. What? And then my favorite moment. Or go ahead, sorry.
0: And as you like wipe the blood off the wall to see the window, like then you see like a car of like a spray paint too, and
1: then (laughs) like in the distance, yeah.
0: (laughs) And then you see a window that's like blacked out, and then of course light goes on, and there's like a spooky face. And then, like, carved in his skin is, like, a number four or something. Because it's all prosthetics. And you just keep going with that. And you just try to frustrate them because as no matter how many times you swipe it, you can barely see. <laughs> and it just starts smudging and everything becomes a bloody mess.
1: And then, of course, oh, you end it with, like, one. the lights
0: are out. Because, of course, why not?
1: And get the night vision cameras. I
0: I, li- I like I li- I thought I was gonna hate this show, and I learned to love it by the end. And I think it's only because of you being here that I gave it a second chance.
1: That was not a bad, you know. That was creative and weird. That was very weird. The the, the last two, at least. I don't want
0: to go, in that room. I don't. I. I just like, I just want if have anything. I want a chip of the pumpkin guy getting hit by an ambulance. Here's that clip like five times. I want that GIF, Just pumpkin man. Ah, bonk. Oh, that was a fun. I like that show. Uh, thanks again, Shannon. Before we go, there's a, it's a game show podcast. Unfortunately, I have to say, unfortunately, it's a game show podcast. Uh, And we didn't really get much questions out of you. I think I talked over, unfortunately, so many times. But we have a lightning round for you. Okay. In the lightning round, there's five questions. I'm going to do my best. Five questions in 60 seconds. For every question you get right, you get one free plug. Most games just offer, most (laughs) podcasts offer two. You get five.
1: Five plugs, okay.
0: Uh, Do you want to play?
1: I I don't. uh, There are things that I know about and things I don't know about. I don't know if I'll know the answers to these questions, but I'm up for playing. I like trivia. All right. So five questions. Well, this is
0: fun questions. These aren't going to be real tough ones. Here we go. Six seconds on the clock. What is your favorite cartoon dog?
1: Uh, uh, I'm. From Cowboy Bebop. Why would anybody
0: agree to this game show?
1: <laughs> uh, is, that, is that the second question? That's the second question. Uh, because, uh, the, hold on, is the game show the release the hounds? is to yes. raise money for charity. Okay, charity.
0: Whatever happened to that clown that startled me?
1: Uh, it was an actor that was probably underpaid or an intern.
0: What do you think will be the most popular Halloween costume this year?
1: The Thrones thing.
0: Will people ever stop saying parasocial incorrectly? Oh. (laughs) You did it. You won. That's the game. Hey. You got five free plugs and a big apology from me. (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: You're good. I have a channel called Strucci Movies on YouTube. and That's one. And I I am on Critical Bits, the teen superhero actual play comedy podcast. That's two. Plug, there's a Twitter account I like a lot called Gone Borzoi. That's a Borzoi dog in Japan that's very cute. That's my third plug. (laughs) It's got plug stuff that I don't do. Um, There's a YouTube channel called You Suck at Cooking that I enjoy very much. That's four. How many do I get?
0: You got one more.
1: Uh thing that I like. Um Everyone should watch Mob Psycho 100 cuz it's a really good TV show. Mob Everybody's Psych- hate watching Game of Thrones and I wish people would watch stuff that Are you
0: telling me? <laughs> Are you telling me that Game of Thrones isn't as good as Mob Psycho 100?
1: How way Game of Thrones is as good as Mob. Nothing is as good as Mob Psycho 100. No, Mob Psycho is the best best show.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm, are you telling me Mob Psycho 100 will have a more uh, fitting ending <laughs> than Game of Thrones?
1: Probably. They still ha- Well, Mob Psycho still has another season if it gets made. I don't know how the manga ends. I haven't read it. No spoilers. I'm not going to
0: spoil Mob Psycho 100. Folks, check your local library for Mob Psycho 100. Mob Psycho
1: 100, written by one. This is his name.
0: And, 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 and remember... Send 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 Shannon your your Ein gifs. Ayn from Cowboy Bebop.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying. I was like, what's another cartoon dog, and I just like froze up.
0: Uh, I was Snoopy? like, Scooby Doo.
1: I like Ayn more than them. Spike. There's from... the scary dog. Oh, there's the dog on uh, uh over the garden wall that yeah, starts off oh, really that's scary,
0: scary
1: though. <laughs> it's because it ate one of the turtles. Anyway, <laughs> I like that dog. I think it's funny looking when it's scary. He's got big eyes.
0: well this is now becoming the instead of the game show chat this is the cartoon dog chat mixed with anime discussion what you all came to see all along
1: two of mob psycho spoilers there's a dog in it Uh, anyway (laughs) thank you for having me for the game show within a game show podcast
0: (laughs) anytime Thank you so much to Shannon for stopping by. I, I had a lot of fun talking to her. Uh, after the recording, I learned a little bit more about horror. I learned a little bit more about aesthetics. I, I, and she is just a great person to talk to. I can't thank her enough. I still feel like I kind of talked over her though <laughs> during the interview that we recorded. So I still kind of feel like I, I screwed up a bit. But she is amazing. Uh, please check her out all over the place. Um she, she's on the Critical Bit cast and Strucy Movies, and uh, officially, right after this recording, I found out that she is now the official film correspondent for Struggle Session. So if you want to check out Struggle Session, patreon.com slash Struggle Session, some of her episodes are on there, and I can't wait to hear what she has to say about other movies. And if you are a fan of Critical Bits, or or you want to find out more about Critical Bits, uh, Shelby from Critical Bits and Shannon Struisi are going to be at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo next weekend in Atlanta. So please go to the Southern Fried Game Room Expo.com. That's Southern Fried Game Room Expo.com because they have a panel about D&D. So, so you might learn something more about everyone's favorite tabletop game. Uh, that, that, that's going to do. I mean, this show really did freak me out watching it, so I'm, I'm glad that she was there basically to just laugh and, and, and calm me down because I think I, I – I, trust me, if you were in the Discord recording of it, me going, ah, it wasn't good. <laughs> it's not a good feeling. I hope I didn't freak her out <laughs> or anything. Uh, the only other thing I got because I was trying to get as much info as I can, like what's the estate – uh, which was a f- the, in the pilot it was a military uh then they went to the uh the place they they flew out um the the, the dog run is interesting because they they shot it in the woods from military green ground outside london then they they went out so uh, i had to check out uh dan greenway's uh website because he only had this little bit of information because he wants to sell himself and man Hey, Dan, uh, you should get more jobs. I I think you did a great job with this show. Amazing work. Uh, There were 40 GoPros in two locations in a dit. Uh, Each game, each of these little challenges, because there's three per episode, had 15 cameras associated with it. And each camera angle was logged on the searchable database for the edit. That's why you saw so many different uh, uh, screens. And I was trying to figure out, like, well, is there like an actual guy for camera there? Some were, some weren't. But the fact it was all GoPros made it that much more fascinating. Because the reaction shots were very, very fascinating stuff. So, I was trying to figure out the names of the dogs. <laughs> I couldn't find that out. Uh, but... I say if you are a huge fan of Release the Hounds, uh, definitely keep watching. I bet they're going to be doing a new season later this year. And if you've never seen the show and are a huge horror expert, do give this a, a watch because I, I do believe, and I'm going to say if you are a fan of horror movies, you will actually probably enjoy Release the Hounds a lot because it is just this fascinating game show to watch. I don't know if it's on Netflix or anything, but do try and, and go out of your way to look for this if you are a fan of horror. It's a, it's just a brilliant show. I can't believe I survived it. I, I'm a, I think I got. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fight. I'm a fight, not a flight. So I'm the one that would get kicked out of Halloween Horror Nights. And this is a show that does that makes Halloween Horror Nights look way, way, way like a like a like a funhouse. So. <laughs> Uh, Please check out Release the Hounds, and once again, check out uh, the Critical Bit cast and Strucy movies, and remember SouthernFlyGameRoomExpo.com to check out uh, the D&D panel with Shelby and Shannon. Now it's time for an even scarier thing, the 110 pot series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight. Professor Price Premiere date, November 14th, 1977 Tape number 2561D Finale date, November 21, 1977 Number 2571D Professor Price was a pricing game played for a car. Gameplay Professor Price involved up to five questions. In order to win a car, the contestant had to correctly answer three of the five questions. The centerpiece of Professor Price was an animatronic professor who nodded or shook his head to indicate whether the answer was right or wrong. He also kept score, with right answers on his upward-pointing right hand and wrong answers on his downward-pointing left hand. If the contestant gives three wrong answers... He or she loses. The first question was a general knowledge question with a numerical answer between 0 and 9. After this question, the contestant was shown the last two digits in the price of the car. The contestant was rather not, the second question was rather not the answer to the first question was one of the first two digits in the price of the car. Question 3 was another trivia question, and the question 4, if needed, was rather not the answer was the remaining digit in the price of the car. The fifth question, if necessary, was yet again another trivia question. Uh, The revelation or non-revelation of a car's price was inconsequential towards winning the game and only served as part of the trivia questions. Along with Clock Game and Hole in One or Two, Professor Price did not allow any help or cheering from audience members. History Professor Price was created by then-executive producer Frank Wayne. After the game retired, Professor Price puppet made a few appearances throughout the remainder of the sixth season, 1977, as prize displays. The prop player found its way in the hands of a collector who sold it on eBay in the 2000s under the name Mr. Wiggles. Mr. Wiggles? Oh, I got the, I got the Professor Price, Mr. Wiggles. At the beginning of the game, Pomp and Circumstance played as the Professor was introduced. Yeah, I would rather have that as Mach Man Randy Savage's introduction. Thank you very much. Professor Price is the only pricing game to ever maintain a perfect win-loss record, not including Double Bullseye, a two-player game which guaranteed a win in each playing. That's right, it was a 2-0 win. Retirement Professor Price was retired after only one week and two playings, making it the shortest-lived pricing game in history of The Price is Right. The game was retired because it had little to do with The Price is Right's core concept of pricing items. It was a trivia contest, and a contestant's chances of winning or losing depended on general knowledge. Professor Price was brought back for the Nintendo Wii game version of The Price is Right. The game begins with a model saying that some VHS recordings of episodes previously believed to be long lost footage were rediscovered. One of them being from 1972. Then has the player compete in some of the games in that era. One of them being Professor Price. And if you see like this Professor Price, it is so fucking creepy. And he has like his fist out facing you and it looks like he's about to flip you off. Like it is so, I I can't stress this enough, how this is like the creepiest pricing game in the history of The Price is Right. It gives me nightmares. I I, I think only like hardcore Price is Right fans know about Professor Price. And if you don't, please look it up because it's so, so creepy. And I can't handle the, the spookiness of Professor Price. I've seen both games of Professor Price and it's, Really, it's just like how many sides are in a hexagon? Hexagon is six. That's correct. Now, is the six the first or second digit in the price of the car? Yes. Is that correct? Yes. That's two. Next question. It just keeps going from there. And I just, it's not that fun of a if it was like if it was like a trivia show in general, maybe like if there was like a trivia game show, not a pricing game, game show, this would have worked. But it's uh it doesn't really fit the motif of, you know, it's the actual retail price, fourteen hundred, other than is the four a correct digit or not. To which case it's like, oh. Okay. And when I started the pricing game spotlight. I knew eventually I had to cover this and it's the worst pricing game because yeah, it's trivia. But then I think about like, if they could reboot this, if there was like a way to reboot the, this version of professor price and it got me thinking, I think they need, if they're going to reboot a professor price, firstly, a new mannequin, and instead of coming up with facts like like is, here's a trivia question there would the professor price robot would read off in like a like in a text to speech format like like an answer like uh, the like the amount of times a a an NFL team won the Super Bowl and the answer is 5 is it is 5 a digit in the price yes or no and it's a five digit car these days, not a four digit car. So it becomes now of the nine digits or 10 digits that we have that you can answer yes or no, it is. And it's uh, simple. You got to get all five numbers right before getting three wrong, and you win. And that, that's the only way I can see if you did a revival of Professor Price. You, and then you can do joke answers, like, uh, the number of times Drew Carey did this, zero, ha-ha, everyone laughs, is zero a price in the car? And there's no repeating numbers. And I think that is the only way you can probably reboot a Professor Price. Other than that, this should remain buried. This should be in the graveyard. His head should be sticking out in the graveyard, it is just not a good game, and if there's no trivia questions, and it's just trivia questions, and it's displayed in the books. Oh yeah, and if you win, the clock goes haywire, and there's like a cuckoo clock, and everyone just goes freaks out. And it, it, I, I can't stress this in and out how bad this game is. I I just I don't know how to handle the 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 Professor Price, but if, please find a episode of professor price because it is horrendous it is awful and i i can tell that bob barker thought this game was gonna suck anyway (laughs) but that's gonna do it for us here in the pricing game spotlight because it's only lasted two episodes and all i can think of is just the robot displays factoids with the answer already like number of sides in the triangle three is three the correct answer in the price of the car? That's all I can think of. That that's that's it. Other than that, no, like you can't give the contestant the trivia, so it has to be like a factoid answer to to, to reboot it. Next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we're at the finish line. Not not really, but the game's called Finish Line. So this is the big wind down. Normally, would have like a review. Uh, of stuff, uh, I've been watching Crystal Maze and Taskmaster recently, and they're both fun shows. Uh, I already talked about Beach Shazam recently. Uh, Big Brother just debuted next week. We are talking about Big Brother with McRae. Uh, it should be a blast of an episode. Uh, but oh, hey, stuff updated here. Um, <clears throat> there's two new stories. Okay, so first of all, the yeah, the Ryan Clark Neal Supermarket Sweep reboot. He tweeted this. Been waiting a while to say this, but it's finally time to go wild in the aisles once again. Supermarket Sweep is back, and I can't wait for you to check it out. See you soon on ITV2. All right. Next, Victoria Arlen is joining American Ninja Warrior Jr. in 2020. Uh, Universal Kids has tapped Victoria Arlen, former champion Paralympian swimmer and TV broadcaster, to co-host season two alongside Iceman and Akbar Bajabi Amiya. She is stepping for gymnast Lori Hernandez, who co-hosted season one, but is currently training for the 2020 Summer Olympics. Um, they're starting their production this month in LA for the 2020 premiere, uh, which I'm guessing January, February, March. Uh, Arlen says, I'm honored to join the American Ninja Warrior Junior family. Longtime fan of American Ninja Warrior, and I'm excited to co-host alongside Matt and Akbar. To share and celebrate these remarkable kids' stories, it's inspiring and a tremendous honor. I can't wait to cheer them on. Didn't we just do an episode about American Ninja Warrior? I, I, this it, is a feel-good show all the time. Uh, also, uh, speaking of, of we were talking about supermarkets, Food Network has a brand-new game show. And, guys, folks, this is a game show. Cooking comps are game shows, folks. New Food Network series, Supermarket Steakout, premieres August 13th at 10 Eastern Pacific. It is a competition where blind luck, negotiation, and cooking skills are the key ingredients to success. Hosted by Iron Chef and Chop Judge Alex Shelley, each episode kicks off with a culinary ambush outside a local supermarket where four competing chefs approach unsuspecting shoppers leaving the store to negotiate the bags right out of their hands without knowing what's inside. Over three rounds of themed culinary challenges, and with a budget of only $500, the chefs are limited to using items they can wrangle out of the customers' carts using their charm, persuasiveness, And a little cash. A rotating panel of judges determines which challengers have the most successful dishes using an acquired ingredients. With the last chef standing in each episode walking away with enough cash for a year's worth of groceries. So, so like what, ten grand, five grand? Supermarket Steakout is a tough competition where the chefs have to think fast and cook up blind out of bags and carts, even if they get an apple. Uh, a loaf of bread, a package of diapers, a cohesive themed dish must be prepared for the judges under a ticking clock. Uh, the question is not what would they get their plates done, but how send pop-up kitchens outside local supermarkets. Each episode begins with Arna Shelley giving four contestants $500 a piece, their whole budget to buy ingredients for the three round cooking competition. Round one, chefs can purchase ingredients only by blindly ambushing customers outside the store and negotiating the grocery bags without knowing the contents. In round two, competitors can only purchase groceries from a single shopper, but may look through the bags before negotiating the price. In the final round, competitors may purchase five ingredients total, but can approach as many shoppers as it takes to get what they need. After each themed cooking round, the least successful chef is eliminated, leaving two competitors going head-to-head in the final round, vying for a cash prize. Okay. Okay, so it's so it's the would you like to buy your groceries back and go back through all the agony of going back in a supermarket and buying milk again. Okay. Yay, that's a show, I guess. Hooray I guess that's that's gonna That's it, that's it. Um, well, that's uh that's some breaking news, I guess. Uh, so, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to another spooktastic episode of Game Shows, I suppose. As I said, uh, next week is Big Brother. Uh, and and if you have any questions you want me to answer about Game Shows, check me out at Twitter at jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. You can listen to more episodes of this at jordhaas.com slash podcast, and it's available on Apple Podcasts. Hey, feel free to, to do that rate and comment thing. I heard that helps. Uh, it's on Google Play. It's on Spotify. It's on Stitcher. So wherever you find your podcasts, hey, there's probably more episodes. Uh, next week's Big Brother, and we have lots more game shows to talk about next time. Until then, Big Smooch! Mwah.